Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to Sunday Podcast. This is our chance to play for you some of the best moments from the radio show and some great interviews during the week that you may have missed. If you ever want to check out our show, go to Bongino.com. Go to Station Finder and see what radio station we're on near you. You'll love it. I promise you. We put a lot of work into the radio show. Check it out. But before that, let me tell you about our first sponsor. Are you ready to discover the incredible benefits of a good night's sleep? It's time to awaken your senses and embrace the importance of a restful slumber. Dive into the world of sleep and introduce yourself to an amazing product that could revolutionize your nighttime routine. Beam Dream is a game changer. Their Dream Powder, a hot cocoa designed specifically for sleep, could transform your nights. With flavors like cinnamon, cocoa, and chocolate peanut butter that make it a treat to sip on before bedtime. The secret lies in Dream's powerful, all-natural blend of reishi, magnesium, L-theanine, and apigenin. These ingredients work synergistically to help you fall asleep faster, stay asleep longer, and help you wake up feeling rested and refreshed, no next-day grogginess. And here's the best part for our listeners. Beam is offering an exclusive discount on their Dream Powder. For a limited time, you can get up to 40% off when you visit shopbeam.com slash Bongino and use the code Bongino at checkout. Take control of your sleep and experience the wonders of Beam Dream. Shopbeam.com slash Bongino. Use code Bongino for up to 40% off. Your body and mind deserve the gift of restful nights. First up today, we talk with Kirk Cameron about his battles in the culture war. And of course, what exactly the goofy glue incident was. You got to figure that out. Check this interview out. You're going to love it. A really good friend to liberty and freedom, uh, Kirk Cameron. Kirk, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Damn, how great to be on your show. Thank you for having me on. And uh, you're a hero to so many. And it's just, uh, it's way cool to think that you, uh, you used to watch Growing Pains back in the day. <laughs> Kirk, I got to tell you, man, I was addicted to the show so much so that we have the Goofy Glue incident from your show has become a thing on our show. That's how often I watch that no. show. No one can explain the Goofy Glue incident. Do you remember that, the Goofy Glue incident? Because I use it on my show, and we don't know what it is. What was the Goofy Glue incident? You don't want to know. That's why we <laughs> That's never how talk bad about it is? It. <laughs> That's how bad I it is. I love this guy. No one <laughs> talked. No one talked about the Goofy Glue incident. It's like Glue Fight Club, incident. Kirk. In fact, in fact great. those three words should rarely even be uttered. <laughs> Goofy glue incident. I've said it more now in the last minute than I have in the last 30 years. And there's good reason oh for that. God. I'll have to discuss You sound afraid. You, uh, off, off the air. Off the air. Jimmy sounds afraid. Like, okay, Kirk, you got me a little scared. We got to follow this up with a personal conversation. Kirk's the author of a book, Pride Comes Before the Fall. Pick it up today wherever you get the books. I'm going to talk about wherever you get your books. I'm going to talk about that in a segment. Kirk, just before we get started, you know, um, I, I was about, I don't know, 42, 43, before I got any degree of, like, public notoriety where people would, you know, recognize you kind of out in public. And, and I didn't really hit kind of uh, – I never got to anywhere near your level. I mean, you were just all over on magazines and all this other stuff. But – I have to tell you, you know, even at 40, it gets corrupting and you have to, you, you know this better than anyone. You have to constantly tell yourself, like, don't be a jerk. You know, you're a, you're a child of God and act like it and do the right thing. You know, you were famous. Yeah. I mean, super famous at a very early age. 
where, you know, I think you'd admit you probably don't have all the tools you'd have in adulthood. How did that impact you? Did you, yeah. you know, did you find it as corrupting as I did? <laughs> well, it's interesting. It was the only normal life I had. I didn't have a, uh, another more normal teenage life to compare it to. So I just had to roll with it. Um, you know, I was so young when I was on growing pains. I was 14. I, I had barely grown a bicep at, at that point, And they were putting me in tank tops uh, as, as, as sort of like teen hunk centerfolds in these right. magazines like, like Tiger Beat, right? I mean, I don't even yeah. think I had hair on my upper lip yet. But, <laughs> you know, I, I was surrounded by some good people, and it was a, it was a good, wholesome show. And uh, interestingly, you, you talk about child of God. I was an atheist at the time. And so my moral standards weren't something that I downloaded from heaven or anything like that. But when the fame started at such a young age, um, I thought it was strange. I thought I, I didn't really understand it. But then eventually I came to kind of appreciate the fact that we were, we were a bit of, a, of an example to families and to young kids who were sort of looking up to us as role models. And I wanted to do right by that. And so I tried to live a life that would, you know, teach kids to say no to drugs and uh, the Just Say No campaign back in the 80s. You might remember that. And then eventually yeah. I sort of pulled my head out of the sand uh, of atheism and I started to look around and thought, you know what? I'm not as smart as I think I am. And uh, I, I believe that we're all here for a reason and that this is an incredible design. And uh, I wanted to live my life in a way that said thank you for all of that. Wow. Kirk, I, I, you know, that's just, you're blowing me away. I'm just, I'm just so not used to hearing this from people who grew up in well, the entertainment you know, Hollywood it, community. It's just so rare. Why aren't there more like you who, who think like that? Well, but what I just told you is not nearly as crazy as the goofy glue incident. <laughs> But we can't talk about that right now. Yeah, that's, that's a good uh, I, that's, I think there, <laughs> I think there probably are some more here in Hollywood. In fact, I know there are, uh, and, and, I, and I mean Hollywood proper. Uh, we've got the entertainment industry, which stretches everywhere now because anybody can pull out a camera and, and have an Instagram account, and you can make a documentary. But there are people here. I think many of them are uh, understandably afraid to, 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 to poke their head out from their, their turtle shell. And uh, while, while some people are coming out of the closet in different ways, we've got cons conservatives and Christians who are hiding in the closet because, you know, they got a target on them. And so they, they want to keep their head down. Yeah, I, I get that, Kirk. But we're talking to Kirk Cameron, author of the new book, Pride Comes Before the Fall. I promise you we're going to get to that, folks. But, but Kirk, what I don't get is, you know, Jesus told his apostles go forth with nothing, right? They knew they'd be killed. Peter was hung upside down. They were poisoned. They were attacked, stoned, beheaded, uh, basically violently beaten over and over again. You know, and I think to myself, and I think you probably think too, like we've led pretty easy lives. I mean, if the worst that's going to happen to me and you is that somebody goes, oh, look at these clowny Jesus lover guys, whatever. That's nothing. Like, you're not going to be hung upside down. No one's going to stone you in public. And that's why, Kirk, when I hear guys like you, it's so refreshing. But that's why I'm so disappointed in other people with a platform like yours, famous people in Hollywood and sports, who don't come out when the Dodgers celebrate these, these, this, this vile group yeah. insulting Christianity and say, you know what? 
I'm, I'm not going to be martyred for this. I'm no hero, but I'm not tolerating this today. I'm not playing today's game. I'm sorry. There should be more of you. Well, well, you don't know my dark side, so I don't know how many more of me you want in the world. But, but Dan, I, I appreciate you. You're a man of, of faith and character and courage. Um, I mean, that, that's an understatement, and we're so grateful for you. And listen, I, I think that there just becomes, there comes a time in every man or every woman's life where you need to reconcile with God about who you are and whose you are and why you're here. And for me, that. That, that really kicked into overdrive when I had kids. My wife and I have six children. Um, our kids are now grown. And because of my understanding of where we're headed culturally, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but we've kind of learned over the last few years that the difference between a conspiracy theory and the truth is about six months. <laughs> right, and, exactly. And, and, if you look at, and if you look at history, what's happening in our country um, is 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 really the beginning stages of a cultural revolution, not unlike what we see with the the, the Chinese Communist Revolution or the Bolshevik rev- Revolution, what we see in um, Cuba and other authoritarian dictatorships or communist regimes. And my Taiwanese neighbors can tell me that. My Jewish neighbors up the street. And my Cuban neighbors tell me that they feel like they're watching a bad movie that they've seen before and they know how it ends and it's not pretty. That's why they came to America and they're dumbfounded how Americans can be so blind to the signs of what's going on. And I understand we grew up in the seventies and eighties. We had such a beautiful time of peace and freedom. It was, wasn't it great yet? It was. It was so you growing pains and all these shows. Yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's right. We never talked about the goofy glue incident. We had our (laughs) jeans and we listened to Prince with with, with our mullet hairstyles. But now we see what's been underway. We've seen that, that we have not been tending the garden and the weeds are now growing up and uh, the gophers are infiltrating everywhere. The, The family, the church and civil government, and thank God for guys like you. And when more of us do what you have done, and that is get on the front line, stop being on the defense, don't sit on the couch and watch uh, your favorite news outlet, putting your face in your hands, crying in your Chick-fil-A soup, waiting for somebody else to rescue you and say, wait a minute, God put me here to do something. And I can't do everything, but I can do my part. And I'm just trying to make the most of this opportunity to stand for faith and stand for virtue and character. And one way I'm trying to do it is by reading children's books about faith, hope, and love and humility and say down with pride, down with authoritarian government uh, and up with loving God, loving your family and loving your country. Well, this is the perfect time to transition to the book because your book, we're talking to Kirk Cameron, you know him, famous actor, Kirk has a book out called Pride Comes Before the Fall. Pick it up today wherever you get your books. We got to support this man his work. Kirk, everybody in the library system run by liberals seems terrified of you reading this book to kids. I've noticed they've been developing special plans about it. It's crazy. Like there's a battle plan to keep you out of libraries from reading this book to kids. What are they so afraid of that's in this book? Yeah. Well, uh, this 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 reads like a like a 
just like a crazy story. Last Christmas, I wrote a little book called As You Grow, and I wanted to do a public library story hour. And I was denied by over 50 woke libraries that previously held drag queen story hours. When I confronted them and threatened to assert my constitutional rights for their viewpoint discrimination in a public library, they reversed course. We went to Indianapolis Public Library and were greeted by over 3,000 parents and children, overwhelming six floors of the library, singing songs <laughs> in between the book aisles and holding their own reading, reading times because they couldn't all fit inside the reading room. So this has happened in Loudoun County. We went to San Francisco. We went to D.C., New York, L.A., Arizona. But now it seems that uh, we've awoken the Balrogs. Uh, deep within the American Library Association. Uh, we had uh, recently just broke the story that the director of the Office of Intellectual Freedom, ironically, is censoring <laughs> and sabotaging a nationwide event that we have started. It's going to be on August 5th called See You at the Library. It's, it's our take on See You at the Poll, where families would gather at flagpoles of schools to pray. This is families gathering at public libraries to read a book of virtue for their children. And they have come unglued. And now they're actively teaching librarians how to break the law and either pretend like the library's not open that day or that the library is full of made-up events so that there's no room for families who want to show up at their own libraries to read books to their kids. Uh, Kirk, I got about a minute left and I got to run, but... My experience with this being a tech entrepreneur and specifically the free speech space is every effort they make to put their thumb on your neck and shut you up is only going to magnify your message. I think 3000 yeah. people at the library in your experience confirms that, correct? Yes. And I would encourage everyone to join us. Go to bravebooks.com. You can get my book. Pride comes before the fall for free and click on the see you at the library tab and we'll show you how to host a brave story hour at your library and send a message to the Balrogs that good wins over evil. Folks, let's do that today, please. I don't ask a lot of favors. I have no economic interest in this at all. I only have a passion for the cause and this man is with us. Bravebooks.com. Click on the book. Pride comes before the fall and find out how to host an event in a town near you. Please, in the name of God, and I'm not using his name in vain. This country's worth saving, and we're the leaders we've been waiting for. Don't wait for someone else to do it. You do mm -hmm. it. You can do it. Kirk, thanks so much for your time. You're welcome back here anytime. I, I wish we could have connected earlier, but it was so worth it. And uh, really, you have my absolute admiration for standing up in the, when you could have just easily punked out and been like one of these other guys and said, all the talking points. You didn't. You stood up in the name of God and faith in this country, and I know my listeners respect you for it, so thanks a lot. Well, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Uh, there's millions of us who want to draw a, a line in the sand, and you're giving us the red chalk to do it. So thank, thank you, you Dan. Uh, keep it up. Thanks a lot. You got it. Kirk Cameron, folks. You all know now that's, that's what a real American patriot looks like. Could have taken the company line thrown out all the pride flags and gave all the talking points and probably be worth billions of dollars making Marvel movies right now. Instead, he took the path of dignity, faith, and hope. And now it's up to us to support him. Bravebooks.com. Pride comes before the fall. Click on that. Host one of these See You at the Library events. 
I'm asking you as a favor. Do one in my town. I'm in Martin County, Florida. I'll see you there. Up next, Dr. Peter McCullough on a frightening interview about COVID, the vaccine. You're going to want to hear this. Let me tell you about our next sponsor first. Folks, the Durban Accords can impact the U.S. dollar's global dominance of the past 80 years. It's been reported that on August 22nd, Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa may announce the launch of new inter- a new international super currency backed by gold and other commodities. It's believed that part of the long-term plan is to replace the U.S. As, uh, US dollar as the cornerstone of the global financial system. How can you help protect your IRA or 401k from the potential fallout from this potential landmark announcement? Well, diversify, like I did, with gold from Birch Gold Group, B-I-R-C-H. Historically, gold has been a safe haven in times of uncertainty, which is right now. Get a free information kit on gold IRAs and decide for yourself if the tax-sheltered retirement account backed by physical precious metals is right for you. Text DAN to 989890. A monumental shift may be happening among nations that control one-third of the world's GDP starting August 22nd. Help protect your retirement savings. Text DAN to 989898 and claim your free information kit on gold from Birch Gold. Performance may vary. Consult with your tax attorney or financial professional before making an investment decision. Message and data rates apply. We talked with renowned Dr. Peter McCullough on the latest information on the COVID vaccine. He actually had some really good news. Pay attention to this. Okay, folks, so with with all the um, controversy right now with Dr. Peter Hotez and should he debate on Joe Rogan, RFK Jr. wanted to debate him. You've heard the story Um, And all this stuff about the vaccine and wanting to debate the vaccine. I I like a source of truth. A guy I've always trusted. He's been a guest on my podcast, on my Fox show when I was there. Uh, Just a really great all-around guy. Wanted to have him back on the radio show for you, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough. Uh, Doc, welcome back to the show. Appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having me. Of course. So, Doc, um, listen, I'm worried. I I just want to be candid with you. I'm worried. I took the vaccine, two doses of Pfizer. I've been terrified about it ever since. I took it early on. You know the story I've told you before. I had lymphoma at the time, got scared, whatever. We'll save that for another day. But I'm scared, and a lot of my listeners are too. They're sending me questions for you, uh, tons of them. And the first question is, there's some new data that came out in this sciencedirect.com, and they're saying uh, that the risk of myocarditis for teens was no higher than other vaccinations, and it was actually significantly higher in tween, teens 12 to 17 uh, after COVID than after the vaccine. Well, what do you make of this? Is this, is, this, is this a robust study we should be looking at? Well, let me get to that in a minute. Let's just address your situation, Dan. Since the last time I talked to you, a really critical paper was published. And the first author is Schmeling and colleagues from Denmark. They had all the Pfizer administration data and all the side effects. They figured out that there are three risk groups for the lots, the batches of vaccines that come from the companies. And the first group, about a third of people, they have zero side effects. Zero. I mean, none. Uh, Another two-thirds, they have some moderate side effects like a sore arm for a day or two, and then nothing happens after that. And then sadly, there's a third group, 4.2% of all doses, the side effects are through the roof, myocarditis, blood clots, stroke, immediate death. So what we've learned is, uh, you know, fortunately, you're probably in one of the groups where nothing's going to happen. And it's because you got lucky. We think some of the batches are basically got super loaded with messenger RNA aggregation of lipid nanopires. It could have been contaminated with cDNA or other uh, contaminants. They're not inspected by the companies. Under EUA, there's no inspections for quality, purity, or safety. 
So I think that's important, important to know. With myocarditis, I have to tell you, Dan, I'm a cardiologist. I'm seeing this every day in the office. There's over 200 peer-reviewed publications on it. And the bottom line is uh, COVID-19 vaccine causes more myocarditis than anything we've ever seen. It blows away other vaccines. Uh, with COVID-19, before the vaccines, it was just a handful of cases, no serious cases. Now uh, there are fatal COVID-19 uh, vaccine myocarditis all over the place. Recent paper by Cho and colleagues from Korea, 481 cases, Dan, 21 of these kids died despite full life support. Doc, I mean, I trust you on this because I don't understand what you would be getting out of this. You were a world-renowned, respected doctor in your space. You've taken nothing but incoming from the start. Nothing. People have just harassed you. They've tried to ban you, shut you up. I don't get what you've gotten out of this. Like the people who attack you, uh, it, it, this is it, you have no incentive to, to, to not toe the company line here other than the truth. So for, for people who listen to you and respect you like me in the audience, if you are in that third, say that third that is going to suffer some significant side effect from this vaccine, mRNA vaccine. Doc, is there anything they can do? There's all kinds of stuff on the internet about natokinase and lumbrokinase and baby aspirins. I mean, I I know you're not talking to specific, just in generalities, your thoughts on that. Right. So let me get get it clear again. There there is a high risk group, but it's not a third. It's only 4.2%. It's only 4.2%. So, you know, there's a third where nothing happens. It's like my mother-in-law. She took two shots. She's 90 years old. She didn't even feel it. To this day, she goes, she doesn't know what the big deal is because it's so benign. And two-thirds have some mild side effects. It's 4.2%, this tiny fraction where the action is. But what we've learned is there are some risk mitigation strategies. We can't make any therapeutic claims, but really, really good preclinical data from Japan. This spike protein that gets installed with the vaccines and with COVID, the body can't clear it out itself. The body doesn't have its own degradative enzymes because the spike protein is actually genetically engineered to be resistant. It was engineered in the Wuhan lab in China. That's what was found out in the investigations. So the Japanese have figured out that an enzyme called natokinase, which is derived from the fermentation of soy with a bacteria called Bacillus subtilis natto, uh, it has health benefits anyway. It's been used over a thousand years. The Japanese have, have, have eaten it for about 20 years, they use it as a cardiovascular supplement. It's a mild blood thinner, but it reliably dissolves the spike protein. Uh, this is very encouraging. We're seeing patients now start to get better with neuropathy and a variety of problems, blood clots in it, about three months of use. Uh, so this is great news. Uh, another natural substance called bromelain. It's also an enzyme derived from the stems of pineapples. It's available over-the-counter in preclinical studies. Again, it partially dissolves the spike protein. Then a recent randomized trial uh, using curcumin also had very positive effects in people who have had COVID and have taken the vaccine. Isn't it interesting that the natural products we're finding useful right. against such an unnatural protein? That, the Doc, that's fantastic news because my elixir before I come on the air is black tea. I put a little field of greens, a vegetable supplement. I put this dose curcumin dandelion product Mm -hmm. in there with Mm -hmm. my natokinase, my fish oil, and my quercetin and bromelain. And I didn't even know that before. So (laughs) this is like the magic cocktail. You're making me feel... 
Hey, Doc, I was very worried before this conversation. I'm feeling a lot better now. But another question I get from people, say again, and thank you for the correction, you're in that 4% group. God forbid mm-hmm. that you, you've had a significant problem with the mRNA vaccine. Um, if the damage occurs to the heart tissue, it, mm-hmm. that's permanent, right? I mean, you may not be, it may not be deadly, but that that's not going to fix itself. No, not true, Dan. We're studying the, in children now, and there was a paper uh, years before COVID by uh, German investigator Bruckman and colleagues. As long as it's not a heart attack due to decreased blood flow, the heart can recover the damage nice. that occurs after various things. So we're following this. Now, here's the issue. Jenna Schauer, uh, who's a, a researcher, has published two papers in the journal Pediatrics. The kids are sustaining such large areas of damage. What she's reporting is they're not all uh, returning to normal. Uh, we're talking anything more than 15% of the left ventricle is a big area. Now there's a recent paper from Yale out showing MRIs about a year later, about 20% are back to normal, but 80% still show some damage. So uh, I have to tell you, in this 4.2%, myocarditis, heart attacks, stroke, blood clots, they need to see a cardiologist and they need advanced prescription treatment. We're talking to Dr. Peter McCullough, a terrific guy, a man who is a truth teller, world-renowned cardiologist, and a guy I trust on this topic. Doc, another question I got during the break, and it lit up when I told people you were coming on, I usually get 10, 20 questions. I, I probably got 200. One of them is, well, is there any value? They do. They love you. Is there any value in uh, the troponin test, which would indicate some kind of a heart damage? There is. Uh, in fact, it's you know buzzing on the internet right now. A paper from Basel, Switzerland, Christian Mueller, who's a friend of mine, senior author, uh, about 2.8% of nurses who took a booster had a rise in the blood troponin, indicating some micro heart damage, about 2.8%. Again, it fits with the same data from Schmeling. Uh, yeah, so we do use the troponin, the high sensitivity. It is an acute test of, of heart damage. So when I see a kid for myocarditis, I order that plus some other blood tests, EKG, echo, MRI, we're able to figure it out. But again, it, it, it takes advanced uh, testing to do it. What people need to know is that if they skip the shots, they don't have to go through all this. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I was in that boat, Doc. Uh, Now, now, if another question I got again, which relates to me, I would have asked it myself. Uh, We're seeing some weird data on on cancer developments of cancer in the last few years now. Is that due to people not seeing physicians during the covid lockdown? The confounding variables in here are legion. We, We get that. But uh, is there any evidence out there you've seen in the papers uh, you've reviewed uh, connecting these mRNA vaccines to elevated rates of cancer? As we sit here today, everyone agrees cancer rates are skyrocketing. That, that's for sure, everywhere in the world. But the issue is, what is it? Is it delayed in screening and detection during the lockdowns? Or is it, or is it something new in the population, COVID or the vaccines? The jury's out, Dan, in the medical literature right now. So I'm not ready to call cancer risk. Um, I I do agree with the FDA, and the FDA says the vaccines cause myocarditis and heart damage, they cause stroke, and they cause blood clots and immunologic problems. That's bad enough, so I'm not ready to call cancer right now, but rates are up. Yeah, you always call balls and strikes, Doc. We're talking to Dr. Peter McCullough. Doc, one more question I get. Uh, I got two more, but one I get from the health community, a health and fitness community. A lot of people wear these... um, 
these these bio monitors, you know, aura rings and Apple watches. I wear one myself. I'm I'm you know, I'm I'm just obsessed with the thing, to be honest with you. And the HRV score, the heart rate variability score has been a really big thing in the fitness community. The higher the score, the better your heart's more resilient. I noticed after I took the vaccine and it may just be I'm, I'm not saying it's it's causal may just be correlated. But I noticed my HRV score went down dramatically. I've actually spoken to you about this before, and that's kind of got kind of scared the hell out of me. Uh, is that have anything to do with it, or is that just apples and oranges? No, that's a legit observation, Dan. Uh, the vaccine influences the autonomic nervous system, sympathetic and parasympathetic. That's what governs the heart rate variability. In, in exaggerated cases, the vaccine uh, victims they uh, uh, incur a disease called POTS, where the blood pressure and, and heart rate is way out of regulation. So no, these these uh, monitors, uh, Apple watches, Cardi have been very helpful to us. I think anybody has any questions, they should use this and report to their doctor or cardiologist on it. Yeah, yeah, good advice. Last question, Doc. Talking to Doctor Peter McCullough. Doc, the, the value of nutrition obviously is self-evident. Fruits and vegetables, healthy diet, lean meats, healthy fats. We all get that. But for people out there who are concerned that they may have some heart damage, maybe from the vaccine, maybe from something different, maybe from both. We don't know. Uh, the importance of things like selenium and these these essential minerals, you know, these are really critical. I mean, if you really feel you're worried, you should be extra hyper focused on a good exercise plan and solid nutrition and getting those essential minerals in, correct? I agree. You know, when the heart muscles weaken, what we call cardiomyopathy, I routinely recommend additional supplements, including selenium, uh, L-carnitine, D-ribose, B vitamins, etc. So you can find these combination products, one uh, with a company called The Wellness Company. I advise them. There's a heart supplement that I basically helped, you know, guide them to put together. It's what I recommend in my practice. Anyway, it really matters. Uh, what we've learned is that the immune system is our first line of defense. And out of my substack today, Dan, huge news on vitamin D. You know, people who have been taking vitamin D, they are protected against developing diabetes. And if they achieve a high vitamin D level, there's like a 76% protection against developing diabetes. This is big news. Doc, you know what's crazy about that? Diabetes runs in my family. Nearly everyone has had it. I have mm. not, neither type one or type two. And I have been taking vitamin D and K2 since I'm about 18 years old with a big yeah. glass of milk every day. So that's great news. Doc, the, the company you said for that hard product, the wellness company, where wellness can they find company. it? Uh, go to twc.health and, uh, you know, they're an alternative healthcare system. They offer nutraceuticals and supplements. They have telemedicine for everybody in the whole country, uh, a, a system of a dental provision and, uh, uh, and community pharmacies. Uh, they treat COVID and, and long COVID vaccine injury system. They're really a breath of fresh air. They're available through a computer um, online system, a 24 by 7 wellness company, twc.health. Awesome, Doc. And check out Dr. Peter McCullough's Substack. Follow him on social media. He's got over 800,000 followers. It's for a reason. Doc, thanks so much for your time. You're such a good man. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You got it. That's where I go when I want to know the truth, folks. And I don't want the spin. Calls balls and strikes. If he doesn't know, he says it. It's not like Fauci and these others. When they don't know, they just guess. Well, then they just lie. Oh, we told you to wear a mask. Uh, we were just messing with you. Up next is a rising star in the Republican Party and a good friend. We'll get to that in a second, but let me tell you about our next sponsor first. 
Folks, you may have heard that all air purifiers are created equal. They are not. If so, why do so many in uniform select EnviroCleanse? Me too. I have one downstairs running right now. Why is it in a fleet of ships and in thousands of classrooms across the country? Because EnviroCleanse is second to none with technology to help keep your family healthy and safe from minor colds, some allergy toxins, mold, and many other harmful airborne particles. I have one running pretty much all day in my house. EnviroCleanse promises to help you experience fewer colds, fewer allergic reactions, and enjoy a better night's sleep. EnviroCleanse's earth mineral technology and hospital-grade HEPA filter help clean your environment to give you some peace of mind. EnviroCleanse works for the fleets and thousands of classrooms. Prove it to yourself. Visit ekpure.com, ekpure.com, and use code Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, for a 10% discount on your EnviroCleanse home purification unit and a free air quality monitor, a monitor plus fast free shipping. There's a $150 savings there. Again, ekpure.com, code Bongino, EK, uh, ekpure.com, code Bongino, breathe easy. You'll thank me later. These statements and products have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or condition. Here's North Carolina Lieutenant Governor and Republican Party Superstar Mark Robinson. We talked to him about the rampant racism in the Democrat Party and also about his run for governor in North Carolina. Check it out. Man, do I got a treat for you right now. Let's get right to it. This guy is just a real patriot. Gives a speech like I'd argue no one in the country right now. If you haven't heard him speak or debate, you are missing out. He is the current lieutenant governor of the great state of North Carolina, where my father lives, uh, and hopefully the next governor. He is running for governor there. His name is Mark Robinson. I want to welcome him to the show. Lieutenant Governor, thanks for joining us. Hey, Dan. Good to be here again. Always, always good to talk to you. Always an honor. So, sir, I was doing a show on Monday. And the show I was doing uh, Monday or Tuesday, forgive me, uh, may have been Tuesday, but uh, I, I, I was just offended because during the break, my producer Jim and I, we were discussing how the modern Democrat Party has become a home, an open home for racists. I mean, actual racists, people who talk to black, Hispanic and minority Americans as if they have some kind of deficiency. And I got to tell you, Lieutenant Governor, they kind of pissed me off. And I know these issues were hot for you. So I'd like to address them one by one. Things Democrats say to black people and others and treat them like second class citizens and assume they just can't do. So the first one is this affirmative action case where you hear people like Joy Reid insisting somehow that black Americans who are no different other than the melanin content of their skin than white Americans somehow can't get into elite colleges without some kind of assistance. I mean, that's a racist statement. Am I, you know, am I missing something? No, you're not missing anything, Dan. It's the, you know, these folks uh, uh, now, these leftists, uh, they know that their main tactic to win. They know they can't win political arguments. They know they can't win social arguments. So what they do is they divide to conquer. And the main way they can divide to conquer is by continuing to preach a narrative that creates victim, a victimhood mentality. Not a, not a mentality of victory over uh, obstacles, but a victimhood mentality. So everything they do is division, 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 division. It's always got to be. 
So it's it's not surprising that, that they do this. It's the same old playbook that we see uh, time and time again with these uh, uh, would-be despots and these left hardcore leftists. We're talking to Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson. Uh, sir, what, what's your website, by the way, if people want to support you for governor? And I highly, highly recommend you do Highly. And I mean the highest possible highly. This guy is a good man. This guy could be the president one day. You don't have to answer that, sir. I'm saying, in my opinion. What's your website? It's uh, Mark Robinson for NC. That's uh, Mark Robinson, F-O-R-N-C. Please, folks, go to that website. Bombard this man's website today. He's a good man. Sir, I also said on the show that uh, I believe the natural home for minority American citizens right now is our conservative movement. Whether it's school choice, a respect for God-given rights, regardless of the melanin content of your skin, who cares? This idea that all men are created equal, that they are they are to be judged by what they do, not how they look. This is the conservative cause now. This is our movement. And I, and I made a plea, and I, I don't care how it sounds or not. I am practically begging and, and getting on bended knee to minority Americans to say, please, just give us a shot. We are the natural party for you. You don't need special government handouts. You don't need to be spoken to like your second-class citizens. You should be addressed like dignified human beings like you are. Our party, your party, is the Republican lieutenant governor. We're the home for black, Hispanic, minority Americans. I believe that, too. You know, there are... I'm seeing that really change, Dan, uh, right here where I am in North Carolina. To a large extent, uh, when I first came on the scene because of the speech that I gave the city council back in 2018, the overwhelming majority of people who recognize me, and I'm just being blunt here, the, the overwhelming majority of people who recognized me on the street were white male gun owners. As I moved into running for lieutenant governor, it was mostly white Republicans. After I won the lieutenant governor's office and had been in for a number, of, and now have been in for almost, you know, for this past almost three years, uh, the biggest group that has grown that recognized me uh, um, are black people between the ages of 25 and 45. I see meet more and more people uh, that fit that description who recognize me and not only recognize me, they support me wholeheartedly. And here, here's why I believe those numbers are turning around. Number one, uh, th- these folks were very, have, have been, they're very dismayed about what happened during COVID. That was one of the things that really started to open people's eyes up. I tell you on a daily basis, I meet people who are still furious about the fact that they were kept out of the hospitals could not see their loved ones who were dying alone in hospitals, could not receive the medical treatment that they wanted, and feel like they were lied to uh, both by the government and by the, the hierarchy of the medical establishment. Not necessarily their doctors, but the hierarchy of the medical, medical establishment. So that chipped away at it. The second thing that chipped away with, at it happened during COVID when many of these parents were made aware of the filthy material that's being presented to their children in schools. Uh, many, many, many minority uh, parents are standing up against this. They're pushing back against it, and they don't want it. They don't want their children in it, and they want a different way for their children. They want that choice to be able to take their children out of those failing public schools and give them the option to make sure that their children are successful. And the last thing that's really, really breaking the 
breaking the straw that's breaking the camel's back, so to speak, is the transgender issue. I cannot tell you how many people recognize me and support me because of my strong stand against the uh, 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 my strong stand against the transgender aggressive transgender movement. Uh, folks are not buying that. Uh, minorities across the board are not falling in line with that. They're pushing back against it, and they are abandoning the Democratic Party in huge numbers because of those issues. And I believe we have the golden opportunity right now to get in, talk to those folks, and tell them, you want to take your power back? Uh, vote Republican. Vote conservative. Get out there. Get involved. And make sure that you're voting for people who have confidence in your abilities because Democrats don't. They want to spoon feed you into the welfare state. Republicans, conservatives, we want to give you the opportunity to, to succeed at the highest levels. Indeed. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're talking to Lieutenant Governor Mark Robinson from North Carolina, running for governor. One of the best candidates in the country. A good, decent guy. If you haven't heard one of his speeches, by the way, you're doing yourself a huge disservice. No tickets required. Just go to any video site and look it up. It's worth your time. Sir, you brought up an interesting point I wanted to kind of double down with you on because you're a pretty deep thinker about these things. If I, you know, I've listened to many of your speeches and you've thought this stuff through. Liberals are living on this theory right now of intersectionality. It's a blatantly racist, stereotypical theory that relies on stereotypical tropes that all minorities basically think alike. That's really the essence of intersectionality that, oh, you know, uh, blacks, Hispanics, Asians, that they all have this common thread. And it's that like the big guys coming for you and Democrats are going to save you and we're the party for you. That party, that, 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 that's nonsense. One, it's stereotypical because they're not black Americans. They're Americans. They're moms and dads and electricians and pilots. They don't go to work and go, oh, I'm a black pilot. They go to work like, I got to fly the plane. Like, nobody thinks like that other than dopey Democrats. So that, <laughs> my producer's laughing, but it's true. You know it and I know it. You're not the black lieutenant governor. You're the lieutenant governor. It's just Absolutely. ridiculous. So the, the Democrats' theory of intersectionality is now coming back to bite them, and you just harped on it, because the LGBTQIA sexual identity politics lobby, a lot of them, not all, but a lot of them that are pushing to have this sexual material in schools, does intersect with the black community, many of whom, again, I'm not speaking for all, I'm not a member of it, and I don't stereotype people, are like, wait, wait, I'm a church-going believer in Jesus Christ. I don't care about the, this. This crap ain't going in my school. What are you guys crazy? So the irony, of the whole thing is the intersectionality is actually causing cannibalism as they start to eat each other alive. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, this whole notion, these all these phony notions that these people have about intersectionality, about uh, critical race theory. It's all a bunch of phony hogwash that can be easily proven by simply picking up a history book or picking up any book that that that. that uh, properly describes our society. Uh, you know, this whole thing with the transgender movement uh, is really, really, it has gotten out of control. I say this all the time, Dan, and so many people agree with me on this. I think the overwhelming majority of Americans will agree with me on this. Uh, this is the United States of America. We are a constitutional republic. We are not a theocracy, so I cannot tell anyone what to do Morally, now legally, that's a different question. But morally, I can't, uh, I cannot tell you what type of lifestyle to live, adult to adult, and when, we, when it comes to adult interpersonal relationships, or how you carry yourself as an adult. 
So, uh, in other words, you are free to blow your tuba all you like. The problem is you cannot blow your tuba in my face, and you cannot blow it in my children's faces. And, and even more to the point, you cannot force me to dance to your music. You cannot do it. You are not going to do it. That is not the American way. You are free to be a transgender person, but I am also free to disagree with it. I'm not free to violently disagree with it. I'm not free to discriminate against you and take away your constitutional rights because of it. But I am free to disagree with it, and I should be free from being forced to go along with it. We have crossed the line in this country now where, where people say, if you disagree, you're racist, you're a bigot, you're a hater, you're breaking the rules. That's not how it's supposed to be. Everybody's supposed to be free to enjoy their own them, themselves and their own persons. That includes those Christians who do not believe in the, in the transgender uh, movement and the tenets thereof. And so we've got to push back against that and make sure that these bullies, and that's exactly what they are, bullies, uh, uh, we have to strip them of their power and make sure that they can't force us to go along. Give them their space to be who they want to be, but you're going to give me my space to be who I want to be as well. My gosh, you're good at this, this whole freedom and liberty thing. <laughs> you just got this thing figured out. We're talking to Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina, running for Governor Mark Robinson. Uh, sir, last question, I'll let you go. Um, just a local issue. Well, you know, not local statewide in North Carolina, but we have a national show, so local to you in North Carolina. North Carolina is almost always, like, number one, two, or three, business-friendly-wise on those rankings uh, statewide for places uh, to relocate, move your business. You're the lieutenant governor there. You know, what's the secret? What are you guys doing down there? The state's getting redder by the day. You had, in, you know, in contrast to what happened in national elections, you guys did really well in the midterms. Uh, what's the secret? And if you're elected governor, how are you going to keep it going? Well, the secret is that we have a, a legislature that's been in place since the, a, a conservative majority legislature that's been in place since 2010 that have had their priorities in order. Uh, prior to 2010, this state was in horrible, our state was in horrible shape financially, $3.4 billion in debt to the federal government. Uh, we were laying off state workers. Teachers didn't get a raise for six years. But under Republican leadership after 2010, we're no longer in debt to the federal government. We, we lowered taxes, both personal and corporate, even in the face of those liberals that said the state was going to go broke. Now we find ourselves no longer in debt to the federal government, not one penny. Revenue is as high as it's ever been. We have surpluses instead of deficits. And we've just been named the number one business destination for the second year in a row. Yeah. The, the thing that we have got to do is make sure that we keep conservative people in those seats and in those positions of leadership. We've got our legislature. We've got our courts back. Now we need to get the governor's mansion. Those three pieces together pulling in the same direction, I guarantee you we'll keep, uh, we'll keep this state red for the next 50 years or more. If, uh, and, and, I, and I pray a guy like you, uh, you, we need you. I mean, the country needs you. Even though you, I hope you're going to be the next governor of North Carolina, you are a national figure. Anyone who knows you sees it. You have got a, a just a halo of positive energy around you. Uh, sir, what's the website again? We're talking to Mark Robinson, running for governor of North Carolina. Folks, support this guy. He's going to be a national figure, I'm telling you soon. The website, one last time, sir. It is Mark Robinson for NC. That's Mark Robinson, F-O-R-N-C. Check him out, folks, please. He's uh, definitely worth your time. Watch one of his speeches. You'll see what I mean. Sir, always an honor to have you. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. Hold down the fort down there in North Carolina. I'll be visiting soon, all right? <laughs> 
You got it. Thank you, sir. You got it. That was Mark Robinson. I told you. what I say, Jim? Guy's just really good at this whole liberty and freedom thing. We need more of that. Not less. That was Mark Robinson. Up next is Representative Tim Burch. And I just met this gentleman. And let me tell you, this interview is fascinating about UFOs. But first, our next sponsor. Ladies and gentlemen, our friends at GenuCell Skincare have extended your chance to get their most popular package featuring beautifully curated skincare essentials for life outside in the summer sun. Sun-soaked, humid, dehydrated skin covered in dark spots and even puffier bags under the eyes are a problem for all of us. But thankfully, GenuCell Skincare has a perfect answer. GenuCell Skincare's limited-time summer essentials package includes their one-of-a-kind ultra-retinol super moisturizer with a powerful plant extract, retinol alternative that delivers results without the harsh side effects. Let me tell you guys, GenuCell Skincare is legit stuff. Their products, Paul and my mother-in-law love them. That's high praise. And right now, get GenuCell Skincare's classic skincare therapy for under-eye bags and puffiness. It'll get you compliments everywhere you go. Plus, with its immediate effects, results guaranteed in 12 hours or less, or your money back. Go to GenuCell.com slash Dan right now to get your GenuCell Skincare Summer Essentials package right now for over 65% off. And just for the summer, every subscription order includes a customized summer spa gift box absolutely free. And for one more week, every Summer Essentials package includes a nourishing vitamin C serum for a visibly clear complexion. Don't wait. Go to GenuCell.com slash Dan, G-E-N-U-C-E-L. That's GenuCell.com slash Dan. Here it is. This is a special interview with Tennessee Representative Tim Burchett. You may not know the name, but you will after this interview. He has some, it probably shocked me on the radio more than anyone else with this interview about UFOs. Take a listen. So I'm really proud to say that we're on in Nashville and uh, WDXE, and we are obviously so honored to be there. And uh, Tennessee is a state I got a lot of love for. I'd say after Florida, it's my, probably my second favorite state. We go up there quite a bit. And let me just say something before we bring on our next guest about the great state of Tennessee, where he is a representative in Congressional District 2. I got a special surprise coming for you in uh, Tennessee, in and around Nashville. And I know it's not the congressman's district, our next guest, but we got something coming up in August. Jim knows about it. And uh, if you're in the Nashville area listening on WDXE, then... um, We got a special surprise coming for you soon. So stay tuned for the deets on that one. All right, let me welcome in this guest, Congressman Tim Burchett. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. How are you, sir? I am great, Mr. Bongino, and I can't tell you what an honor it is for me to be on the show with you. I've been a, yeah, I know this is highly unprofessional. Hell, I'm 58 years old, but I have been a big (laughs) fan of yours. So it's really cool. Thank you for putting out the I'll take. Thank you. Thank you. No, no, that's great. I, I deeply appreciate it. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of uh, humbled a little bit. You would say that. I mean, I ran for Congress and lost. You actually won. So don't like me too much. You, I don't want to. Yeah. I didn't do too well. So I, I, you know, you have set the world on fire over the past couple of days because uh, number one, you took, I thought, a really informed stance on the Secret Service scandal. An agency I love was a part of, but but I think made a major screw up. You had some comments on that. But also there was an article uh, you were quoted about this unidentified aerial phenomenon, what people otherwise would call UFOs. And this article went nuclear and you were quoted in it as speaking about UFO technology. And one of the quotes were, um, was it that we can't handle it. And I really wanted to have you on the show to, to talk about that. Um, I, I know that you're limited in what you can say. I understand that. But what you can say, uh, should should we be worried? Because that kind of freaked me out a little bit, sir. 
Well, I, I think I was maybe a little tongue-in-cheek. Uh, I, I, my big point is now is that we need to uh, – the Pentagon and all the military intelligence, and honestly, Mr. Bongino, military intelligence is, is a lot like congressional ethics. It probably doesn't exist. But regardless, I wish that they would just re- release all the files that they have. They, you know, we'll, we'll go in the skiff, we'll review stuff. It's highly redacted. It looks like a big old piece of Swiss cheese, and it just it's it's a joke. And you've got now the Pentagon is realizing that fifty five percent of the Americans think that there's something going on. You have um, you have people that are um, highly qualified pilots coming forward, um, Navy pilots, some of the best in the world. The Tic Tac videos, not not Tic Tac, but Tic Tac like the candy. Um, and, and it just, it, you know, I always, my, my daughter says, Hey, boomer, it's TikTok. And I said, no, baby, not the communist Chinese propaganda. I'm talking about <laughs> keeps breath fresh, but, but anyway, um, and now the Pentagon, of course, is talking out of both sides of their collective mouths by saying, well, we need to study it. And of course, what that means, send us another billion dollars. And I'm, you know, they, they can't, that's not happening in my book, but anyway, so, now I'm just really wanting transparency. I want these hearings. I want to let's we've got we've got credible sources telling us we've recovered craft. These um, and credible sources telling us that things like the Tic Tac video are just reverse engineered craft that we've um, that we've we've collected. So I'm just wanting to get to the bottom of it, and I'm hoping these hearings will do that. We're talking to Congressman Tim Burchett from the 2nd District in the great, amazing state of Tennessee, which I love and adore. A congressman, is it possible, and I'm, I'm just asking your opinion, obviously not asking you to give up any classified information here, um, but is it just possible, because I, you know, I believe in Occam's razor, given all possible explanations except the one that requires you know, the least amount of assumptions, Right. Um, Keep it simple. Is it possible that this is just advanced technology that's domestic that we just don't understand? By domestic, I mean Earth, not the United States. I mean, maybe the Chinese Communist Party or even a friendly, maybe a friendly's invented something. And maybe that technology is something as simple as as radar spoofing, where we think we're seeing something on all these sensors. But that's why these pilots aren't touching it or shooting it down like you're seeing something on a sensor that's not really there. Is that more yeah. likely than it being alien from some other planet or some other galaxy? Well, that's what we took with the AI too. But here's here's my point, and that's why I don't put a lot of stock in the videos. I know, but this was a lot of this videos we have. We've had we've had astronauts. Gordon Cooper, probably one of the most storied astronauts ever, um, described a craft landing at a at a facility he was at, and they filmed it. They came, they took the footage and they took it to uh, Wright Patterson and they called Wright Patterson the next day and they said they didn't know what they were talking about. We, it's just too much. It's too much, Dan. And I, I think, Mr. Bongino, excuse me, I think that it's a, um, I think some of it could be possibly something recovered with reversed engineering, but I honestly think it's something that's not of this planet. We don't have the technology. We don't, there is no way, because if we did, say if it was the Chinese or the Russians, Honestly, Xi Jinping, he would control us. Putin, he'd fly over to, I've said this many times, but he'd fly to the White House, get out bare-chested, probably ride a unicorn over and wrestle Joe Biden, get back in it. (laughs) I mean, you know, these egos, they would control us. And if we had it, we wouldn't be worried about a war in Ukraine. It'd be over overnight. Um, 
you know, except except the war pimps couldn't make all their money. But my my point is this: is that is that this is some incredible technology. These these crafts, if if there was a, a human in it, they'd be a instant catch up package because of the G's and things that are turning. So I just think we've got a um, we've got something we don't know anything about, or we're we're trying to hide. And I just I just wish, and in case in point, the Kennedy assassination over 50 years ago, but they still will not release it. Nobody on those any of that uh, intelligence is even alive. Right. Yet they still yeah. Who are they protecting? It. Yeah. Yeah. Who are they protecting? And it's about control. It's about technology. It's about money. And it's about corruption. And that's what Washington D.C. runs on both parties. And we know it. You know it. And it's just uh, it's it's we've got to. We just got to get to the bottom of it, and you know I've got an amendment in the NDAA that would um, would would declassify the UFO documents, and now Schumer's joined in on it too. He's got one in the Senate, so uh, I think you know. But again, you got to trust the Pentagon to do what's right, which they won't. I just think we got to eventually going to have to say, hey, we're cutting off your money until until y'all do right, and that's that's the bottom line. We're talking to Congressman Tim Burchett from uh, the great state of Tennessee, Congressional District 2. Uh, Congressman, last question on this topic, and then we'll get to something else, because you've you, you made a lot of statements in the news I find newsworthy and, and interesting, for that matter. It, do you think right. if this information on UFOs and UAPs was declassified, because you, you just made a pretty stunning statement that i got to tell you floored me, that you actually believe this is alien technology. I'm, I'm stunned because I, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not suggesting that, that there's no way that's possible. I'm just, I'm kind of floored. I don't even know how to respond. Do you think if Americans saw what you saw that, that they would draw the same, same conclusions? If they saw what I saw and talked to the people I talked to, they would. You got to realize, Dan, wow. every night, every night, my dad gum dogs, Roscoe, Buzz, and Charlie, they always got to go to the bathroom at 4.30 in the morning. All right? I let them out early, let them out, whatever. 4.30, my ass is up every night. I go out <laughs> and look at those stars, and I, can you imagine the light from those stars literally, literally left there before the time of Christ? I mean, that is the vastness of God's great universe. And, yeah, I don't fear whatever it is out there because, honestly, with that kind of technology, if they could travel to us and we can't control it and we've seen it and don't know what to do with it, um, you know, we'd be over. I'm not, I don't fear them. I'm not worried about it. I just want the government to release what they have. That's my concern. I, I fear a government that is not transparent, and that's what we have right now. Wow. Jim, get this on the Sunday show, too. This is this is one of the most amazing interviews I've ever conducted. I can't tell you, Congressman, how floored I am. Um, let, let me go to some other things, too. Um, you had commented on the Secret Service scandal. And, I, you know, I worked there for 12 years with some of the greatest yep. people I ever met in my entire life. That, I mean, if I mean, in a literal sense, would give their life for a Democrat or Republican president in a heartbeat because that's what we do. We protect our republic even when we don't agree with the people in charge. Uh, having said that, I agree with you wholeheartedly. You have been um, robustly condemning what you believe may be a cover-up uh, with this cocaine scandal at the White House. Congressman, I just don't see it possible, given what I know of the access system at the White House and how these cubbies work, that you could not have lifted a print. Someone got white powder in the White House. Forget that it's cocaine. For a minute, Who cares? For You got white powder. It could have been anthrax. 
You're telling me you couldn't have fingerprinted the cubby or fingerprinted a non-porous plastic bag? How did the bag get in the cubby? By antenna? We only have fingers. This doesn't make any sense. Yeah, that, that bag of cocaine has a pair of legs, I think, Mr. Bongino. They reported <laughs> right. it in one area and it went into another. And another thing is they don't have the key. But listen to what they said, and I agree with you. Secret Service are top-notch, best in the world, and those poor guys had to come in there and tell us that, and I was just like, oh, I feel sorry for those guys because they're higher-ups, and, and they're, probably, they're telling the truth as far as they know it because they're just told what they're told. They're not in the laboratory. But here's what they told us, that they did not have enough DNA to diagnose or what it, who it, whose it was. They did, that's sort of like saying – I'm I'm sort of pregnant, but really not. I'm not really sure. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, I mean, what the heck is that about, dude? And so yeah. then, um, you know, and then they tell us what the in the uh, uh, the investigation's over tomorrow. And then you know, and I was just like, are you kidding me? And then they said it wasn't this meeting wasn't classified. They'd already briefed the president, so he would be prepared to know how to respond to this the, the earlier. Uh, you know, this whole thing it. This Washington, D.C., Mr. Bongino, everybody wants to pick and shoot. Oh, we need to clean this up. We need, no, Washington, D.C. is a freaking trash can. It, you need to put a garden hose to it and turn it upside down and wash it out. Me. How did I not find you before? I, I really, you're I amazing. I, we gotta, I'm going to be up in Nashville soon. We got to get together. I know it's a little far from your district, but no, that's cool. you're Eastern Tennessee. Better. Yeah, yeah, you got to come. We got we to talk, man. I, I really like this I got, guy. All right, we got. I got two minutes left, but I want to ask you that final question because I agree with you on that. And, yes, the agents are awesome, and I've got, just so you know, because you guys determine their, their funding and all that stuff, the agents I spoke to who are retired are pissed. And, and yep. some who are active, too, are furious because this isn't what they represent. They are worthy of trust and confidence. But I got about a minute and 30 seconds. You're in Tennessee, a state exploding, a great business state, a great Republican state. Final comments on this growing disparity in the United States between struggling blue states and red states. What's the secret in Tennessee, or is it a secret at all? Tennessee is a low-tax, right-to-work state. If you want to get a job, brother, you come to Tennessee. If you want to work, come to Tennessee. If you want to bring your Northeastern liberal values, stay in the Northeast, <laughs> because everybody, everybody down here... Everybody in Tennessee yes. that, that's, that, that, that has a northern accent, as I like to say, East Tennessee is the only place in America where people don't speak with an accent. But the people that come there don't want to change it. They see the way their communities used to be and how Tennessee is, and that's why they're moving to Tennessee, the vast majority of them. Some of those conservative people I know have a northern accent, and they live in my district. And they Congressman, are my brother, uh, me too. I go. I live down here in Florida, and the people moving down here from the north are not liberals. That's why we no. changed the voter registration from down two hundred thousand of Democrats to up five hundred. The people coming here are. I keep telling people they're like, "Oh, stop telling people how Florida is." Liberals are coming. Yeah, of course, there's some liberals moving down. The conservatives far outnumber them. I outnumber them. I was going to buy a place in Franklin and I could not believe properties are like triple just in the last few years because so many people love Tennessee. I got to go, Congressman. I'm out of time. Uh, when I come up to Nashville, uh, let's get together. We'll do some interview. We'll do, we'll do it for the show. This is going to be great. I'll reach out to your office, okay? Does that work for you? Uh, 
Yes, sir, brother. And always remember, the camera will make love to me. You'll love me on TV. I, so, I, can, I can tell because the audio is great, too. There you go, folks. Congressman Tim Burchett, Congressional District Thanks. 2 in Tennessee. Thank you, sir. Wow, that was what a, this guy's a rock star. That was, a, <laughs> that was hilarious. That interview was just bananas. But that's the whole show, Banana Central. Jim's like, all right, take a break. We're way late. Thanks for listening to the weekend show. I so deeply appreciate it. You can always listen to these interviews live on the radio. Go to Bongino.com if you want to listen there, or if you want to find your local station, just click Station Finder. See you next week. You just heard Dan Bongino.